about them Cowboys indeed. Are the Cowboys going to ram it? Are the Rams going to ram it? We'll find out on Sunday nights, but one thing's for sure, we're going to play that dadgum song as many times as possible around here, because what a glorious, glorious thing that is. KT, are you going to be rocking L.A.? So let's ram it today. (laughs) Welcome back in uh, About Them Cowboys podcast here on The Athletic. Kent Garrison here producing... As always, and I want to remind our listener just to sign up for The Athletic because we just hit a million subscribers. So if you're not one of those million, man, sucks to be a part of the second million, man, because the first million is where it's at. So congrats to those people. But you can get 40% off now at theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. John Machoda has got a lot of week one coverage there. Bob Sturm's going to be breaking it all down on the film next week. And by the way, we cover just about every other team in sports, not just the NFL, not just here in America. We've got Premier League. We've got it all over the Athletic. So get 40% off now at theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. But we're here to preview the Rams game with an awesome, awesome panel. Um, by the way, are you guys enjoying Mike Reiner's Square One podcast here on The Athletic? I know I am. I learned a lot about Stevie Ray Vaughan last week, but if there's one thing I want... It's uh, Mike Reiner's Cowboys Thoughts. So here he is, Mike Reiner, the old gray wolf. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you for having me. And we will have Cowboys Thoughts abounding tonight. <laughs> abounding? And they will be, oh. Yes, and they will be red hot. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, an actual game. Let's start. I'll, in fact, I'll start right up top here. Okay. It is time to get a new coach. <laughs> Fire McCarthy today. <laughs> get his ass out of here. That's so good. Let's start that. Hashtag fire McCarthy. Let's get that going, guys. <laughs> oh, man. I, I thought I was tired of seeing Fire Garrett at, towards the end there working for the Cowboys, uh, doing all their streams and stuff. It was uh, it was annoying. But John Mishota is not going to L.A. That sucks, Father John. I know you would uh, rather be doing that right now, gearing up. Oh, I don't know if I'd say that. Um I got reasons that I'm not going to share on here that I why I'm not that upset that I'm not going. But uh, oh, as this season goes along, I, I might share them with you guys. But uh, a lot of ex girlfriends in L.A. that you just don't want to go down that. Well, that's that a different road. one. But no, um, no, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how this all rolls out from the comfort of my own home for this first game, and then we'll just kind of see how it goes from there. I don't I don't know how smoothly this whole thing's going to go, but uh, we'll see. Um, and then maybe I will be going to some road games later in the year, but. Uh, yeah, no, I will not be in L.A. for this uh, week one, so I'll be watching like the rest of you guys on TV. Well, John well, will smooth. be joining Mike Reiner on his podcast next week to talk more Cowboys, and we're talking about the 60th anniversary list that was put out of the 60 greatest Cowboys. So if that interests you, Mike will be talking about that with John on this coming Monday. So without further ado, let's turn things over to Kevin K.T. Turner to preview the Rams. K.T., Thank you. I, I appreciate it. So I was thinking about this, uh, and actually I was going through because my memory is not very great. Um, so last year, the Cowboys were a lost team. They had lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Bills on Thanksgiving. And they lost to the Bears on the next Thursday night on national TV in Soldier Field. And it was kind of seen as, uh, holy crap, this sucks. It's over. Garrett's finally gone. And then out of nowhere in week 15, they get the Rams and they smoked them 44 to 21. And we're up 28 to 7 at halftime. And I'd completely forgot about that even happening because of uh, how last year ended in such a train wreck. So it made me realize that the uh, Rams were a bigger, uh, maybe even a bigger, uh, a bigger problem than the Cowboys were last year. So they made changes. New offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Sean McVay's even claimed to, uh, A, lose some weight. And B, his get-back coach is gone. The guy keeps him, you know, from running out on the field. But, man, the Rams are not the same thing that we're accustomed to either. So, I I really think predicting this game is, uh, is kind of like a weird thing to do considering none of these guys have tackled anyone. Like, uh, it's almost like uh, in, when kids put on pads in junior high for the first time. It was not. It's going to be sloppy football. Um so, John, let's, let's start with you, man. Is there any, like, breaking, you know, or last-minute Cowboys news, injuries, anything that we need to get off off the top before we start uh, talking Cowboys-Rams the way it was meant to be discussed? 
with pure heat? Well, I think the biggest one is Amari Cooper. Uh, he was at practice today, and he was a full go in practice. He's been dealing with a hamstring issue, and I know for people, especially in fantasy football, they've been kind of nervous about that. Whenever you see a player with the Cowboys on the resistance cords, it seems like that there's some kind of issue there that could be long-term or be nagging all season, but he seems to be good to go, so that's obviously a good sign. And then uh, on the defensive side, it would be – really Xavier Woods and Chidobia Wuzie and both of them practice today. So uh, they should be good. Jordan Lewis is the only one that I don't think will play on Sunday. And then obviously the three guys that are on IR and Sean Lee and um, Ventel Bryant and uh, Lyle Collins. So, uh, you know, everything else, I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. We've had some conference calls with like John Fossil, the new special teams coach, and he was kind of hesitant to tell us about like who's going to be returning punts and kicks. But it's like every time we see it, it's like CeeDee Lamb's back there. I mean, I fully expect CeeDee Lamb to be there punt returner Sunday night. I don't know why it's a big secret. I mean, but uh, that's, I'm not trying to get too far into this, but real quick, I did think it was funny. John Fossil, like when he was specifically asked about it, he like tries to use this story about how like L Davis told him one time that you don't need to be giving information. You just need to be getting information. And so that's why he was like, I'm not going to be giving anything away. And I'm just like, yeah, that works maybe with the Rams, but like, you do know that like between Steven and Jerry, they talk on the radio four times a week. Like Steven was just on Sirius XM NFL radio talking about how you told him, John, how excited you are about the return game, specifically with CD <laughs> Lamb. So, I mean, I don't know where, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what, what do we think this team's like, but the, the owner and, and his son are going to tell us stuff. So, I don't know. Man, what's he going to think when he sees that first Jerry post game press conference? <laughs> it's, I, I'm interested to see how that goes down, you know, because there's nothing scheduled as of right now. And so, I'm interested to see if we're going to get a call with Jerry after the game's over. I guess maybe that's how it depends on how the game goes, you know? So, uh, yeah, if I was these coaches, I wouldn't get used to things that have been done in the past because it's going to be a little different here. Well, it, it is clear that the wall has been put up by McCarthy, which is fine. I think strategically, great, okay? So you got these coaches going, okay, well, we don't want to piss the new coach off, and it's, you know, first year in, in Dallas, and maybe there's some people who have been with the organization for years who are like, yeah, hell, of course we'll do – what the coach says, even though we all know that Jerry and Steven do run their mouth a lot. So I do think that's like an interesting concept. What's something, and I'll start with, with you, Mike, what is something from a McCarthy point of view, like off the field maybe, like dynamic that you're looking forward to most about the new regime regime with Mike McCarthy? A McCarthy like, off the field dynamic? Yeah. Oh, God, I, I don't know. I know so little about him i mean he was up there in green bay all those years and yeah you'd see him on the sideline during games but and you know he came off okay during press conferences but as far as knowing anything about the guy man i just never did i don't have any kind of feel for what kind of guy he is or or really anything about him you know and there's so much that like i think maybe we don't know because when you have an alpha like Aaron Rodgers in charge in Green Bay like they did for so long. Like you almost kind of, I know I asked myself, how much credit does McCarthy get for that? I can tell you from being a Packers fan my entire life that the offense got real stale after that Super Bowl happened. So things changed. But here's a couple things I will know about Mike McCarthy. And I want to, I don't know how much of this has he changed. Like the NFL Network piece says he's changed. Like analytics, he's all of a sudden like bought into. Well, Jason Garrett had analytics. He just wasn't like didn't talk about it much. Um, I know guys who have played for Mike McCarthy are like, yeah, we had analytics stuff, but like we didn't talk about it all the time. But we had like we knew uh, you know what what another team's running or passing tendency was. I think when it comes to getting credit, he likes to get credit. But the thing that might have tipped me off to make making me think he's changed is when he allowed Kellen Moore to keep calling plays. Because one thing that really frustrated me a lot watching the Packers for all those years is when Mike McCarthy's head was up his ass arguing with the referee and then they don't get the play call in until like seven seconds and they're rushing to snap the ball. And that the same thing kind of with timeouts and game management. And I know every team gripes about their coach's game management, but there are a lot of times where you're like, dude, it's almost like you need to back off because when you're calling plays and you're too down in it on the field, it's almost like he would lose focus of what was going on around. And there was some, quite frankly, a lot of chaos and personnel groups shuffling on and off the field and things like that. 
but you know, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you can you can get through it. But I'm interested to see if if that's a little more under control as they kind of get comfortable because he's not calling plays. Also, though, if the offense sucks after four weeks, does he yank the play sheet away from Kellen Moore and toss him to the street like a rag doll and he's calling plays? So I think that's the dynamic I'm kind of most interested in with him. Is the reason that Kellen Moore's calling plays because McCarthy was told that that was the way it was going to be? I mean, is that a precondition of him getting the job? And if you don't go along with that, then we're going to look elsewhere? I mean, that, I has been, uh, I that hasn't been confirmed. That, that hasn't been confirmed. No one has said it. It has, but it, I don't understand how anybody couldn't think that that is the case. Like, like anybody would say that publicly from in the organization. But it certainly seems like that from afar when you look at the rest of his staff and it has all mostly veteran coaches in key positions. And then they have this one guy who obviously was with the team before. But you know what? Going back to what you said, KT, about the sidelines and stuff like that, like, Every coach like does things different and we've seen coaches win in different ways. Like I don't think like anything he does right now matters. It all comes down to if he wins or not. If he doesn't, if they don't win, everybody, ourselves included, will find the same things, not the same exact things, but we'll find things wrong with him, like we found things wrong with Jason Garrett. You know, we'll dissect everything. If they if they start out 0 and 3, oh, we're gonna be breaking down everything from the way that they run practice to I mean, he does these things right now. Like today, practice, didn't see Dak throw at all. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, wow, we're not going to see the quarterback of the team during the portion that was open to us. That that was when his quarterback school was going on inside, which we've seen before, which is it's the quarterbacks and then the centers are in there and they work inside the Ford Center. And that's fine. And if they win, everybody like quarterback school. Cool. Awesome. They were missing this. But if they don't, you're going to be like, what are they doing wasting their time in there? This thing doesn't work. Get these guys out here practicing with the rest of the team. Like, what is this quarterback school going on? There's plenty of different things that he does that if they work, we're going to be talking about a lot. But if they don't, we're going to be talking about them for negative reasons. Quite frankly, I think he's a great fit for like two or three years. I'm not sure what his patience or tolerance level is going to be with the Jerry Steven dynamic, really mainly the Jerry dynamic. I'm not sure what his patience will be with that, but you know, in Green Bay, he was the voice, you know, like he's the one who did all these press conferences. He was the one who talked. He was the one who did the radio interviews. It was all him because their GM was a ghost, quite frankly. Um, So like, but another thing it's like, if you think about Mike McCarthy's playoff losses, they were all 40 and 50 point losses. So is he going to be the type of guy who's like, oh, well, our defense is a problem through week six. Can we go make a move and bring someone in? Like, I don't know how much say he's going to have with that, but I, I, I do think he's perfect two or three year fit, but he is a want the credit guy. Make no mistake about it. going to be a problem. He's got a big <laughs> ego about him. He wants the credit. Why is that going to be a problem, Mike? It's going to be a because problem around here, right? Everybody around here wants credit. That old devil credit has ruined a lot of things around here over the years. Yeah, and you know, look, and maybe it's 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 clearly not going to be on the level of Parcells, right? But I just and look, maybe Jerry, as he gets older, will finally just not care about that stuff. I just think McCarthy. Do is you a really guy. believe that? No. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Finish I, your thought. Well, I think. I think McCarthy is the guy who's going to want the pat on the back. So, for instance, in 20, was it 2016 when Jerry Jones won executive of the year in the NFL? It was either 14 I think or 16. Yeah. 2014 or 16. It was one of the playoff years, right? I think that's you know, the type of thing where McCarthy's going to be going, huh? Well, what did I do? Now, unless he's named coach of the year or something like that. And I'm not talking about the material title of winning that awards. I'm just talking about the aura and everything that goes with it. Or he's the guy who, you know, sat in a shack in Green Bay with Jim Hazlitt for all those months watching film and went, holy shit, it's not fun to be out of the NFL. Like maybe he, you know, maybe you do get the the wake up call, but I can't speak to that uh, because I've never been fired before yet. Uh, I think I've been not wanted coming. around before. Oh, it's definitely coming. Time's a ticking. So um, they gave us they gave us uh, our weekly packet of stats and things like that that the Cowboys put out every week. Usually, it's about whatever po- opponent they're playing or uh, just stats that stand out about the players in the team. And so this is the first time that they had a 
they compiled something of like all of McCarthy's stats uh, as a head coach. And so I'm going to give you guys one that I thought was really interesting for positive reasons and one that was really interesting for negative. Okay. For positive reasons, he's 69 and six when his team score 30 or more. And I think that's interesting because this team should score 30 or more. You don't draft CD lamb with this offense that they had last year that was scoring, I think 27 a game to just be like, no, it'll be about the same. Like you should be scoring 30 a game, at least most of the time, at least 10 or 11 times and to win 10 or 11 games. So six, 69 and six, pretty impressive there. The negative though, an artificial turf, 20, 26 and 29. Maybe that just because, I don't know, maybe it's a Green Bay thing. I don't know. Yeah, they had some games in Detroit and in Minnesota. Yeah, they, didn't lose, they didn't lose many games in Detroit. I remember that. <laughs> you would know that. Um, no, that's interesting. I never really saw that as a trend, but that's uh, that, that's interesting. You know, the, the thing I, I would say, too, like, there's excitement. There's uh, being out of the league and back in. I'm really not worried about McCarthy. I think McCarthy is an okay coach. He will drive you crazy, though. And he drove me crazy in Green Bay in his final years because the offense didn't change. And his play calling, he was just not being as inventive. And he came across as a guy who maybe thought he was more inventive than he really was because the other teams in the league were, quite frankly, outscoring you. Um but I, I, I look at the, the Cowboy team. The only thing that, that I'm really concerned about offensively, there's two things. Short term, is Lyle Collins, is he okay? Like, what's going on with Lyle Collins? Long term, are we sure that Joe Looney and Connor Williams can hold it down at center and left guard? Are we sure this offensive line can keep, no. you know, No, I'm not Dax sure about that at all. I'm not sure about that at all. I think that's one of the big things to watch with this team. You know, the the days of that great offensive line the Cowboys had are gone. This has been highly, highly retooled. And there are going to be a lot of new faces in there. And some are uh, – there are also going to be a couple of guys who have played, but one in particular has not really distinguished himself very well. And the other seems, you know, okay, he's passable. But we're used to stars. On the offensive line, we're used to the Cowboys having one of, if not the best offensive line in the league. And those days are gone. And that's something I'm going to be keeping a real close eye on as the season unfolds. The one thing that they can do to kind of combat that that they didn't seem like they would do with Garrett is have just more setups with, you know, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott out there with CeeDee Lamb so that. If the pocket isn't holding up, they can get rid of the ball real quick on like two, three-yard little dumps and that those guys can potentially turn into big gains. Where, I mean, under Jason Garrett, they were trying to do more of like two tight end sets, bringing a fullback, and it's just like you're showing the defense you're running on a lot of these plays where I think the deception might be able to help the offensive line a little bit more than it has in years past. Because let's be honest, if I just don't see Mike McCarthy allowing what happened in Atlanta a few years ago with Chaz Green just getting demolished. Like, I don't see him allowing that to happen. He would do something to adjust in the game. That was always the biggest knock on Jason Garrett, and that's where I think Mike McCarthy is going to be the the biggest improvement will be on Sundays. I think the adjustments that, I mean, Jason Garrett was just didn't even want to, like, there were certain plays where they would have, like, a tight end or a running back chip and try and help out Chaz Green, but it was too much. Like, I mean, or, I'm sorry, it wasn't enough, and it, there was too much of just leaving him on an island. And that really made you scratch your head like, Jason, what were you doing? Like, why didn't you change this, you know? And I, I don't think that that will happen again with Mike McCarthy. So maybe, you know, with Jason Garrett, it's like the only time when the team was really good is when the offensive line was really good, you know? And there's been so many teams that have won in the NFL without this five first-round picks on the offensive line. Like, Mike McCarthy, that's one of the things he better be able to do is find a way for this team to have success, even if the offensive line isn't what it used to be. Because Mike's right, it isn't that offensive line that it was – you know, in 16 and certainly not the one that it was in 14. Maybe it's because, you know, the Cowboys have historically given out a bunch of five-year contracts to their head coaches, but he just never got the vibe that Jason was coaching like his fanny was on fire. And that's, I think, probably the, the biggest breath of fresh air or, or really one of the big things to look forward to is a coaching staff, both offensively and defensively, that you feel like is going to coach with urgency and not – Let's put our head down and do what we do. Let's 
line up and beat the man in front of you and do that thing that we were doing for years, both offensively and defensively. We we play our scheme, you know. Like I, I think a little a little urgency and a little every game matters. And we've heard, I saw the story that you had, John, where he's kind of making comments about, hey, we want to be streaking at the end of the year. It's like, hey, that's good to see because you hear stuff like that from Jason. Like you never got a vibe that Jason was was coaching like a guy who could be fired tomorrow, you know? Yeah, everybody, wants, everybody wants to be streaking at the end of the year. I mean, everybody wants to help. The Rangers want to be streaking right about now. <laughs> they probably will go on a hot streak when they need to be tanking for the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, though, with Aaron Donald and the Rams, like pretty good test right there for Joe Looney and Connor Williams. I mean, it feels like a long time ago when Travis Frederick retired. But maybe that's not being talked about enough, that Travis Frederick's not going to be here. And I know he went through it a few years ago. There are constant communication issues. And they did have a different offensive line coach that year that Travis was out with Guillain-Barre syndrome. But constantly, Zach Martin, they were all making comments. They were like, we're just having some communication issues. We can't have any communication issues this year with Joe Looney. Can't happen. Like, he's got the experience. It can't be an excuse and Connor Williams, it's year three, man. Like, you were a highly thought-of prospect. You went in the second round, but a lot of people thought you'd be a first-round pick. You've got to go be a good player. Uh, that's huge. That's, that's huge with the offensive line. Uh, now, defensively, I think I think we can all agree we're all nervous about the secondary. How are you feeling about the secondary, Mike? I'm never feeling good about the secondary with any team in the NFL. But... um. So so, so so at best. I don't know. I'm not terribly fired up about them, but I can see a path where it 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 might be okay. It better be okay if this thing's going to do anything. What do you think about it? Well, to me, I think they need help, uh, and I think they they need their guys to be really really healthy. <laughs> but I do think they're going to have to bring in health. I mean, help. I mean, Darian Thompson got to play, got to start a few games last year at safety. It was funny when Jerry went on the Rich Eisen show and called him Darren Thompson. It's probably never a good sign when the coach isn't completely familiar with your name, uh, when, when the owner's not completely familiar with your name. But, man, I I think you're putting a lot on guys like Cheeto to like, okay, well, we need you to step forward. Well, are we counting on that? Or, like, is it going to happen? No, like I, no, we we're not counting. We, we better not be counting on that because they've needed him to step forward in the last couple of years or so, and – and, you know, those steps forward have been baby steps. You know, it's time for something big from him if, if he's got it, and that's hard to fathom for me. Yeah, the only way I see the secondary playing above expectations is if the pass rush is really good and they're just forcing quarterbacks into throwing, you know, bad balls, balls getting tipped at the line, things like that that, you know, can maybe have them overachieve. I would say the secondary, the best thing they have going for them is that it's the exact opposite of the offensive line. The secondary, there's no expectations. So if they do anything, you know, they can have a chip on their shoulder. Where the offensive line, it's like every week you talk to these players from these other teams and they're always talking about, oh, Cowboys, they have the best offensive line in the league, best offensive line. Eh, it really hasn't been like that for a little bit now. But they go into these games like that. Like, I'm going against best. No one's saying that about the secondary. So it's a very low bar. And in 2014, the defense wasn't anything special. But because it was such a low bar and the offense was so good, you know, that's why they had such a good season when Romo took them to, you know, that second round. They probably uh, should have beat that Packers team, you know, in the Dez catch game, and they didn't. Um, but that that defense wasn't anything special. And and I think that's how this one on the back end will be. I think the front seven could be really solid. So they need to do their job. They need to mix up things. You need to get blitzes from Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander that we haven't seen in previous years and get pressure on the quarterback. If they do that, then the back end's got a chance. If they're not pressuring the quarterback, they're going to tear this defensive backfield up. Do you think we will see those blitzes? I do, yeah. No, I, I think I think we will. I think, But what we're going to see with that, though, is I think it's going to be um, – there's going to be huge plays for the defense, but I think they're going to give up some huge plays, too, that we just haven't really seen too many of. Like That was one thing under the Jason Garrett regime is that the defense – really didn't give up a ton of huge plays. It was more of like, okay, if you're going to score on us, it's going to be like a slow death. You know, you're going to have to put together, you know, 10, 12, 15 play drive. Where on this defense, they're, I think they are going to take some more risks. And I think because of that, you could see some big time scores. But 
you have an offense that should be able to match up against anybody, I guess I would say not name the Chiefs. So, and you're not playing the Chiefs unless you make it to the Super Bowl. So it's like you should be able to score with any of these teams in the league. Uh, and then just hopefully you get a turnover here or there, or the defense overachieves a little bit. But it would be silly to sit here and say, oh, yeah, I watched all these training camp practices. This defensive backfield is going to be a lot better than you think. Like, I can say that maybe about Trayvon Diggs because he's a rookie and there's still some uncertainty there and he has the size and it looks like he's got the ability to maybe be, you know, a game changer on the back end. But we just haven't seen enough to sit there and say, oh, yeah, this defensive backfield is going to be way better. Just watch. You guys are going to see, like, they need a lot of pressure on the quarterback for it to be good. Before we move on, got to get in a quick commercial break. But remember, you can always listen to the show ad-free on theathletic.com and on the Athletic app. Fantasy football draft season is upon us, and due to quarantine, it's very possible that you might have Zeke's haircut in your pants. Yes, that's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way like you gamble on football. You've heard us talk about Manscaped. You've heard us talk about that Lawnmower 3.0, the best hygiene tool for the modern man. It's waterproof. It's got a light on there. So you can take care of yourself, guys. Do it. You'll thank yourself. Manscaped has forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. Comes with that lawnmower, some performance boxer briefs, and that travel bag. Complimentary. So for a limited time, our subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The shed travel bag and the boxer briefs. Get 20% off with free shipping with code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's manscaped.com. Use code THEATHLETIC20. Get those two free gifts. Take care of yourselves, guys, with Manscaped. Okay, let me ask you guys this. Another thing that we hear every year, and you just touched on it there, Johnny, is we got to get turnovers. We got to get turnovers. We hear that every year, every year in training camp. It's talked about left and right, and the season starts, and there are no turnovers. Or if there are, they're very minimal and usually pretty inconsequential. So what do we see to make us believe that that's going to be different this year, that there will be turnovers, and they may even come at critical junctures in games? Again, we're not seeing any of this super, like, live. I mean, everything they're doing in practice, even when it is quote-unquote live, it's really not live, like tackling to the ground. Like, there's some passes I've seen Blake Jarwin catch across the middle that, like, the the safety's just held up because they're not supposed to be putting big-time hits out, whereas if it was Sunday – they'd be laying Jarwin out on some of these plays. So mm-hmm. we don't know for sure yet, but I will say I feel confident that the turnovers will be there just because it won't be played on the back end the way it was before. That was preached to us before, but on the back end, they still were giving guys cushion. Keep keep the throws yeah. underneath. Don't let anything get – I think yeah. that you're going to so see we're much gonna, more – You're going to see much more tight coverage? Yes, and, and much more – like I, again, but with that – I think you you open yourself up to the risks of getting beat on some deep plays, but I think it's I think it's worth taking those risks just because of the fact that clearly the other way wasn't working. So let's get aggressive with these guys. Let's mix things up. Let's try and disguise things. Let's try and come out of games and at the very least not have a guy like Sam Darnold sitting there saying after he gets done playing the Cowboys that yeah no they did they did what we thought they were going to do. This is what we saw on tape. And then a couple of weeks later, play the Patriots, who are notorious for mixing it up as, be- as better or if not the best of anyone. And then Sam Darnold's <laughs> mic'd up on the sideline saying he's seeing ghosts because they're doing so much that he's not used to seeing. Like, this is just in a couple of weeks difference. It was like the complete opposites of the two. And I think most would say that you would much rather be the Patriots than you would want to be the Cowboys defenses of the past. So, uh, yeah, I think there are going to be a lot more chances taken and uh, you're just going to have to live with the results. But I, I don't think there's many Cowboys fans that are going to be upset with those results because for too many years now, you just watch games, and when you see a, a turnover, you're just like, you're like stunned by it. Like, 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 talk about feel, seeing ghosts. Right. I just feel like, I feel like when I would see a turnover on the back end, they would be like, I'm not saying it didn't ever happen, but it was like watching a baseball game and seeing a grand slam. Like, yeah, they happen, but they don't happen every game. And when you see them, you're like, damn, it was pretty cool. You know, four runs right there. Like, You on board just- with that, Kevin? You think they're going to be taking more chances this year? I, I am. I think part of it's, you know, you know, personnel-wise, like Byron Jones, if you remember, went and practiced with the Frisco Rough Riders to try to learn how to catch better. Like, he just never had, like, hands. 
But Jordan Lewis is one guy we've seen kind of uh, be a, a turnover magnet would be overrated, but he's had some turnovers and had some plays on the ball. Now he is banged up right now, uh, but he's also a guy who would give up some big catches. I think because of his size is a little bit smaller. I think it's going to be a fun test in week one because you got a Rams team who threw the ball 40 times a game last year. Now I do think you're going to see that you're going to see them try to run the ball a little more with more running backs and not really the dead weight of Todd Gurley um, with, you know, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown and John can probably tell us about his uh, Florida state guy, uh, Cam Akers. And I actually believe Sean McVay, like McVay talked a lot about self-scouting and like my tendencies were off. We threw it too much last year and we had a bad offensive line and I get Jared Goff killed. I actually believe Sean McVay when he says that. I don't know if I believe Mike McCarthy when he talks about like changing and things like that. I'm not sure I believe that. But with Sean McVay, I actually do believe that. I mean, Cooper Cup is a baller. I mean, Cooper Cup is an excellent wide receiver. Robert Woods is really good. They have uh, the, the Van Jefferson is the guy they drafted out of Florida to be their number three wide receiver. That guy is a great route runner. So you're going to get some fun Sunday night. And we're going to find out if this defense can cover because those are three, oh, two really good wide receivers and that third guy's got a chance to be, oh, their tight ends, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, are really tough matchups. Like, the Rams have the firepower. Their offensive line is a big question. But they got the firepower to go put up 40 points. You sure and I about think you that? that? I I, I, re- I really I really feel good about that. And they're kind of, look, I picked on our podcast the other day, I picked Sean McVay to be the coach of the year. I mean, I think the Rams – Wow offensively are about to be really, really dynamic again, like they were two years ago. I see that coming back. Yeah, but- maybe so. I, I just started watching Hard Knocks last night, and I made it through the first two episodes. I'm going, man, who are these guys? I don't don't know hardly anybody there. The ones that I do know, I've kind of forgotten that they were there. You know what I think? And I, I only watched episode one of Hard Knocks, but um, I do think they were trying to not feature – you know, many big name players because McVay even talked about that. Like we're yeah. not trying to show anything, so I think that's maybe nah, part maybe of it. maybe. But you know, their their third wide receiver, and I think it was a couple years ago when uh, Cooper Cup got hurt. But their third wide receiver was Josh Reynolds, was a kid from A and M, and they just weren't able to have that other guy. You know, it's almost like they needed like a, a you know a Cole Beasley type or someone who could kind of work underneath and kind of get open. This Van Jefferson guy, if he's healthy. It's going to be a really good wide receiver three for them. Um, we know what Cup and Woods can do. Now, you know, there's a lot of people who don't believe in Jared Goff. I still do. I'm thinking about a couple years ago when he went head-to-head with Mahomes on Monday Night Football and made every throw in the book. Like, I I think Goff can still play. Now, he's got he's to be protected. He's not going to be able to get away from a, from a blitz like maybe Dak can do. You, know, well, you have Jared, you have to believe in Jared Goff, or you wouldn't be picking Sean McVay to win Coach of the Year because it all hinges on yeah, Goff. Like absolutely, I mean, is he going to be the Jared Goff that we saw in that Super Bowl, or is he going to be the Jared Goff that we saw during that season? You know, and I don't know what we're going to see. I oh, hey, and Cam Akers though, Cam Akers, if he goes to Alabama or LSU, he's a first round pick. That Florida State offensive line is one of the worst college offensive lines that has probably been in college football in the last ten years, and he was a beast there. They got a steal getting him in the second round. He goes to Alabama or LSU, he would have been a first round pick. He's going to be interesting to watch. Can I ask you, can we turn this back over to the Cowboys offensive line real quick? Because Cameron Irving is going to get the start at right tackle, right? Right. Another Florida State guy, just because you're the Florida State guy. Can you give me a seminal report on Cameron I mean, Irving? Yeah, in 2014, 20, 2013, 2014, <laughs> he was really good. But and, and he's versatile, and that's why he's got value, and he'll be, on, he'll be on an NFL roster for a while because when you have only your 46 that you play on Sundays – how often do you have an offensive lineman that you can literally plug into all five positions? He's played them all. He's played center guard and, and tackle at, in the NFL level. So um, I have my questions though, about how he's going to hold up on Sunday. I just, he started out camp with an injury. And then when he did get in there again, like they're not going, you know, full speed and then no preseason games, you know, there's, there's gotta be continuity on the offensive line. That was one of the reasons that their offensive line has had so, so much success in the past is that, you know, there was continuity there, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to, he's not stepping in there and he's not going to be Lyle Collins. That's for sure. So um, I guess the ceiling would be if he played his best game, he'd play as well as Lyle Collins. 
but that but that's much more realistic than saying that he'll perform like Chaz Green. So any Cowboys fans listening to this and thinking that there's a potential Chaz Green situation, it's not going to be that. But don't think he's going to come in here and you know be like a Pro Bowl or anything like that. But I think he can be an okay stopgap for a few weeks, and I think he'll be a good swing tackle. But if you have to, if they said Lyle Collins was out for the rest of the season and and Cam Irving's your right tackle, that's not, that's not great. Yeah, and then you're just kind of praying to the football gods that Tyron Smith doesn't have any type of, of back injury. You're probably doing that anyways. Um, what, what are we? Uh, what do you guys expect? Though? What type of game do you think we're looking at Sunday night? Because I'll be up front with you. I think we're talking upper 30s, 40 points, both teams. I think we're going to have a shootout. I hope. I hope it's that way. But that's not what I'm thinking. I just hope it's watchable. That's the main thing. <laughs> I mean, give me watchable football in the first game, and and I'll take my chances with everything else. I just hope it's watchable, and and if it gets up into the 30s and the 40s, then great. It'll probably be a night well spent for all of us. What I'm most intrigued by, KT, is this McCarthy not having any tape out there on the Cowboys at all, and <laughs> – how is Sean McVay going to react to that? And how stout is this LA Rams defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and all these guys? Is it going to catch them off guard? Or are they going to catch the Cowboys offense off guard? Because it's the first time they've actually seen a defense go full go at them in a, a year, basically. So I'm very it's interested to see. going to be a trip for everybody out there this week. Yeah, it, it, it is. I'm, just, I'm interested to see how this strategy of you know, McCarthy not showing anything to anybody this whole offseason, how long it's going to take the league to, to catch up with, with that or if it's going to be what everybody thinks it's going to be in terms of what he did in Green Bay or what the Cowboys ran last year and he's just kind of jumping on or building off of what they were already doing before he got here. So I'm interested to see all that. I think he's forced to lean on, on stuff they did last year just out of necessity. And I, I really don't think that I mean, yeah, the Rams played them last year, but they didn't. I mean, there's still new pieces here that they're going to do enough to change things up. I think where it really gets interesting is when you have the Giants later on in the season and you're going against a team that has Jason Garrett, who obviously has been around and he's going to know Kellen Moore's tendencies. Uh, so that's by that time is when you have to be able to switch things up. But I would think early in the season here, they're going to lean a lot on what they did last year, except that you basically have. C.D. Lamb stepping in for where Randall Cobb was. And, I mean, yeah, you can mix things up a little bit, but I don't think they want to get too crazy because they didn't have the offseason to completely adapt. So one of your strengths is you have the same O.C. who's running a similar style offense. Why try and throw too much out there too early in the season? You know, I mean, I mean, while, like, none of these coaches in these press conferences really give you a lot, you know, so bear with me on this. But I did think it was interesting today when McCarthy said that last year when he was sitting back and he was watching a lot of these games, um, he just pointed out how early in the season, how he thinks that there's more teams that they lose the game than they go out there and they win the game. They lose the game because they do stupid things. They make mistakes. They try and do too much as, a, as opposed to doing like the solid things. Like just don't lose the game, you know, which is a real Jason Garrett type like way to go about it. Now he's only saying this about the beginning of the season. Cause you're just getting kind of used to it. But like, it's don't do anything like too crazy like that. You feel like you have to try and win the game. Just don't lose the game. So basically to me, that's, you know, don't give up too many huge plays and then don't turn the ball over. And, and really, I know it sounds kind of simplistic, but I think that's what Sunday night comes down to. Like whoever takes care of the ball better. I think that's the difference. Cause you're going to see sloppy tackling on both sides. You're going to see big plays on both sides. I think you're going to see soft tissue injuries on both sides. I think there's going to be pulled hamstrings and things like that just because it hasn't been the normal offseason. You're going to see little nagging injuries that are going to pull some guys out of games and things like that. But I think whoever takes care of the ball makes the least amount of mistakes. I think they win. But I, I, as much as I hope you're right, KT, I just don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be kind of sloppy. I think you're going to see refs throwing flags on things that guys are just kind of – they're not into the rhythm yet. I think there's going to be holding calls. I think, I think even like – as good as, you know, how much Dak has been around Amari and Gallup, I just think there could be even some rust there. Because, again, it's one thing to go against your guys in practice, another to do it, you know, on, on, on Sunday night against another team, against the highest-paid corner in football right now. So if they take care of the ball, like Dak has one of those games where, 
you know, his his record's been incredible when he doesn't turn the ball over. It's, you know, everyone wants to point to like, oh, how many games did he throw three touchdown passes? If he doesn't turn the ball over, their like win percentage is ridiculous, it's like over 90%. So I fully expect that midway through the second quarter, we're all going to be looking at that game and going, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Oh, but yeah. That's the way it so often is in the first game of any season anyway. So I don't know. We'll see if it, if it holds forth this year. At least, uh, you know, we've got the night game, so we'll actually ha- kind of have a, maybe have a feeling of what to expect after there's been 10 to 12 games earlier in the day and those teams have kicked it around. Because, I, I mean, I don't see how any team is going to be ready to tackle. Like, full speed tackling is like a fundamental thing that's difficult to do. Like, it's... Yeah, they're going to have to remind be... guys that we're playing tackle football out here, fellas. <laughs> Um, so like, there's a lot, there's a lot with that. Like you brought up the point, the refs too, with a lot of flags. Yeah. I mean, have refs been going to training camps and doing the training that they always do? I don't, I haven't heard anything about that. I, mean, I haven't heard about the refs. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah. So let's go cold Turkey. Get ready for this 100% uh, speed. You know, I don't know if, I don't know if refs are going to be ready for that. I, All right, here we I go. Know. I, I had to look this up real quick. Okay, the Cowboys, I, the Cowboys are 28-5 and five when Dak doesn't turn the ball over. 28-5. No, 28-5 if he doesn't turn it over. When Dak doesn't. No. Just Dak, yeah. And he didn't okay. have any turnovers his whole rookie year, so. Right, and that's why they were so yeah. successful. Yeah, so that must that like, all be very recent uh, statistics in the, uh, the five losses. Go ahead, KJ. Like week two last year, was that the game in New Orleans where Zeke fumbled at the 50? Yeah. Is that, am I right on that? Yeah. Feels like forever ago. Um, you know, I was thinking about, too, uh, I do feel good about the Cowboys' pass rush this year. What the Rams have done, we obviously know they have Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers. They've added Leonard Floyd, who was picked in the Zeke draft of 2016. So they've got him into the mix, but they're counting on a breakout year from him because – He's kind of – I mean, look, this is not Wade Phillips' defense anymore. So, you know, it's, the Rams have made some changes too. So, you have, do have two teams that don't really have a good feel for maybe what the other teams are going to be doing. So, uh, I saw the lines two and a half. Cowboys minus two and a half. So, the Cowboys are the favorite. I um, I don't think they're going to win, man. I think a new stadium and new jerseys from the Rams put them over the top. I've got the Rams winning this game. By a score of forty-one to thirty-eight, I know y'all think I'm crazy, but I just I got a vibe, man. It's a lot of points. Wow, for a first game, there's gonna be a lot of missed tackles and a lot of bomb skis and guys kind of tripping around. A lot of big time touchdown plays. It's gonna be a big big day for for offense. How do you it's got my them, crystal ball? How do you got them finishing the game? You said twenty-eight thirty, or you said forty what? 41-38. How did they get to the 41-38 at, at the end? Do the Cowboys do something not to be able to get to the field goal to tie it, or do the Rams you know, make a comeback and score a touchdown late? Or do hey, they kick a field goal? Hey, sir, you have to pay for Miss Cleo's services when it comes to this. <laughs> no, this is the NFL. If we're going to make predictions, you know these games all come down to like the last couple of drives. And if it's 41-38... It's coming down to like the last couple of drives. Are we missing? Are we got to, I mean, are you calling out a Greg Zerline miss already to tie the game? No, Zerline, Greg the leg is going to be really good this year. Okay. Greg the leg is going to miss like three kicks all year long. Yeah, I feel good about Greg the leg. Um, if the Cowboys really score 38 points, they're winning the game. Well, I feel very have, confident in that. You must have a lot of faith in that secondary then. They score thirty eight, they'll win. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be like that. I think the Cowboys win. Uh, I'll say twenty four twenty one. All right. I too will take the Cowboys. Give me seventy one to ten. <laughs> right. <laughs> Covering and then some. I love that. No, I don't. I predicted a loss last joking. year. That, I, I'm doing ticket stick there. Um, I don't know. Give me, give me thirty twenty four Cowboys. All right, there we go. That's a good good score right there. With a little maybe an overtime touchdown to make it thirty twenty four. Maybe winning on the first overtime drive. Maybe. Oh yeah, Mike. What would uh, you say to the since you've been around here the longest? 
around these Cowboys, what would you say to a fan that thinks that this is finally the year? This is the finally the year that they're going to win a Super Bowl. What would you say to them? Well, it depends on whether or not the fan is still standing there after he's watched me laugh at him for about 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, I tell him, no, it's not. It's not. It is, it is not going to be their year. It's not. If you swing around to the dark circles of the internet, I know, Kent, we're going to get to your pr- prediction. I'm, I'm going I'm to get to you, but if you swing around to some of the dark circles on the internet, it's where these Cowboys fans are hanging out. And I know this because I'll pass by there casually every once in a while just to see what's going on. The McCarthy hype train is a real thing. And I think part of it has to do with just clamoring to get Garrett out of town for so long. But I think a lot of people think that Mike McCarthy is another incarnation of Jesus Christ himself. I do. I think a lot of Cowboys fans believe this will go down as one of the greatest coaches in Cowboys history. All right, I truly another, believe that's where they stand with him right now. His no, stock could not be any higher. Another Mike question, because I certainly wasn't around here for this. From from how would you gauge? Do you think that there's more hype behind Mike McCarthy or when they uh, brought in Bill Parcells? Parcells. Oh, definitely Parcells. Yeah, definitely. I think people look at McCarthy in Dallas and they just see Aaron Rodgers and they, and they, every, I don't know, memory of McCarthy's time there was either the, the Des non-catch or Aaron Rodgers torching, torching us. So I think it's more of like, we're optimistic, but you got to prove it to us first. I don't think there's a lot of Cowboys fans that are completely hundred percent bought into this guy on day one. I think it's going to take some time. But I think most Cowboys fans are optimistic more than pessimistic. No, different will cause you to be optimistic. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just different, yeah. different change uh, territory, a different voice in there, and not having to hear the robot speak every Sunday will be will be great. Uh, my prediction: I I actually picked the Rams on our our scheduled bet episode, so I got to stick with that. Um, not much has changed since then. So I'm going to go with Rams 28, Cowboys 21. I think it's going to be uh, pretty close, somewhat offensive-minded, but not a blowout game like uh, like KT was predicting. So I'm going to go Rams 28, Cowboys 21 at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. KT, if you think the hype in, in those, what did you call them, dark circles? Dark circles of the internet. Yeah. You think the hype's high for Mike McCarthy? I can just imagine what it would have been. First off, if they get Lincoln Riley, and then after Lincoln Riley, they draft CeeDee Lamb. How do you think it would be right now? No preseason games, no training camp. The thoughts of what they would be, oh, we're scoring 50 a game. Like, that's where the hype would be with that. I mean, especially on the internet with the whole, like, you know, we're going to score 40 every game. Like, if they would have gotten Lincoln Riley, who we don't even know if he could coach in the NFL, he could have tons of growing pains in year one. But with him and CeeDee Lamb being in here, I think it would be way, way crazier than that. It would be like, because I mean, I put out my uh, season prediction thing today on the website and I had him at 10 and six, still winning the NFC East, but 10 and six and and, and people, oh, this is 11 or 12 wins at least. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Right. It happens every year. It happens this time every year, people. So habitually, I mean, it's almost like it's a, a, a reflex or something to overrate this thing. Do you think you it's because of Jerry? I, mean, I have never years? heard Jerry not say, I mean, maybe a couple times, maybe 2014 was the only year I heard him say, this is going to be an uphill battle. But usually he says going in every season when you, he's leaving Oxnard, he says, when you look at it on paper, this is the best team that we've ever had since I've been here. Every single year, he says, and he has something to point to, whether it's a player that they got in the offseason, whether it's a quarterback coming into his own, whether it's a new coach, new new something, coming off a playoff season, whatever it is. Jerry is so optimistic, and I do, John, to answer your question, I think the fans feed off that optimism for sure. The reason I say it is because just now living here for roughly 10 years, it's like I just don't get that same sense from Mavs fans, Rangers fans, and Stars fans year after year. And I mean – I know it's not apples to apples, but I mean, for NBA wise, I mean, Mark Cuban is probably the closest thing to Jerry Jones. And I'd say the closest thing that Mavs fans, at least again, this is only in the last 10 years, I would say it's the off season when it's the talk of we're going to get this big free agent, we're going to get this big free agent. And then that doesn't really end up coming to fruition. But 
I don't notice that from season to season of like, oh yeah, no, we're going to be in this thing. No, I absolutely. Like even I feel like even when I when I first moved here and the Rangers went to back to back World Series, I didn't get the sense from Rangers fans they just expected, oh yeah, no, we're no no we got a World Series team this year. You know, I just the Cowboys just have that every year. And you're right, Ken. It is. It's like every single year Jerry says that too. I uh, I I mean. I was filming it some years, and he would say it year after year, and I'd just be rolling my eyes like behind the camera, like, oh my gosh, it's just same, the same thing. He, it's this like, again. It's like a political campaign every year where he's like, uh, you know, running for the same office every single year and got the same speech prepared every single year before the vote the next week, right? Or something like that. It's amazing. Um, but, but yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I think they have a really good chance this year. My biggest question is defensively what we're going to get, but offensively there's a couple holes on the offensive line but those skill positions i mean honestly to agree with jerry might be the best he's ever had <laughs> since Go, he's got going here. back to the going back to the jerry thing though i had an editor one time tell me <laughs> this is funny this isn't no no editor at the at the athletic i'm not going to say where i was working but uh i i was a big fan of of the way this editor worked and he used to say we we sell hope Okay, that's what we do because that's what people pay for for subscriptions or people pay for, you know, whether they're going to read articles online or they're going to, you know, whatever it is that he's like, whatever, you, if you're going to write something, give people hope because that's what people want to click on. People want to read. And it, it, there is some truth to that. I mean, you can't do that all the time, but especially right now, the season had start, haven't, hasn't started yet. There's a new head coach. They get C.D. Lamb. I just feel like the hope train is just going so strong right now for the Cowboys. One more reason why I just wasn't made for these times. <laughs> well, it's like uh, Levi Weaver is probably tired of writing about the Rangers losing. Like he's got to come up with a little. Uh, so that's why yesterday Levi's got a great article about the Rangers needing to lose. It's kind of started taking a look at who the first pick might be in the draft next year already. Here, here, would, here's I the do, thing. Here's the thing, though, real quick on that. Mm-hmm. Like, at least the season's only 60 games. Like, covering baseball, like, if they were already out of it now, like, with the injuries they've had, and they're already obviously moving to younger players in the lineup, like, when you have the full 162-game season, and it's already, <laughs> you're already out of it, like, 30, yeah. 40 games in, yeah, that is got to be so rough to keep going oh. in that clubhouse. Oh, can't imagine. Mike, I don't know how Been many there. years Mike, Mike would, <laughs> on May 10th, like... Doing a post game well, we show really for talk. a team that's forty games under five hundred, yeah, that's got to be great. Oh God, Mike mm-hmm. did Diamond Talk. Oh. Mike had to do the post game show for you. Yeah, that's what I'm been saying. there. <laughs> so what do been you do? Been in the room, done Diamond Talk, all of it. What's the trick? What do you? How do you get through that? You, you just do. You just <laughs> put your head down and you do it. That's it. <laughs> that's amazing. You put your head this. down. You you look between the shoulder blades of the guy in front of you. Look to <laughs> neither the left nor the right and push. <laughs> that's how you do it like, like can you take calls on that or are people not even calling anymore because they're so they've given up on the team oh we we could always rustle up phone calls if we wanted to but the the hard part was just banter between me and grego or whoever it was that was doing it because i mean it was just the same thing night after night after night after night you know pitching betrayed them a over and over and over again and you go to the phones and say hey when are they gonna spend some money get some pitching in here <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't know man mike when did the uh this team sucks phrase uh originate from you it's one of your great <laughs> catchphrases this team sucks oh god that was so old. I'd have to go back through the archives. Was it a Rangers? Were you saying the Rangers or the Cowboys? I think I think that was the Rangers. That had oh, to be the okay. Rangers. Yeah, yeah. You don't get that emotional about the Cowboys. You don't really care. No, I'm generally pr- pretty flatline when it comes to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't always that way, but it is now. <laughs> well, if, if things don't start out well for the Cowboys this year, keep in mind that you're the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010. They were the sixth seed in a wild card. They didn't even win their division. And uh, this year they've added a playoff spot. So uh, there's now three wild cards this year. So uh, if things will start out well, things are going to be great. McCarthy's going to get it together in December. It's what he does. Hey, Mike was uh, asked, M- McCarthy was asked today about uh, would you rather be the hunter or the hunted? Where do you think he's better at? Being the underdog or being, you know, the, the big hunter, guy in the block that everyone's coming after? The hunter because he likes to eat. I like to eat too. I'll, I'll, you know I'll go with that. 
Is that what he said? <laughs> the hunter because he likes to eat. I do too. I like to eat. I'm trying to have a hunt for my food. I'm not trying to get shot and killed. What are you talking about here? He sees himself as the hunted though, I guarantee you. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I don't know. It'll be interesting in 2023. It's going to be fine for the next three years. Uh, all right. And then, that, and then, and then Callum Moore takes over. Uh, I don't know what the plan will be. Is the world still going to be happening then? I don't even know. Um, what's the, uh, does anyone have any other hot opinions they're sitting on? They just can't, you know, can't hold on anymore. Really need to fire it out here. Who's going to be I'm the Cowboys? Um, football. Yeah, who's going to be the Cowboys' leading fantasy player this game? It's going to be Amari, CD, maybe Jarwin, Zeke. What you guys thinking? I think it'll be CD, the star of my anybody but Dak draft. Yeah, there you go. You're hoping that, at least. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Mike had CD Lamb, Blake Jarwin, and Alden Smith in that draft. Uh, I had Zach Martins. So I think he's the star of the game. No, um, from a fantasy standpoint, I think Zeke. I think you're going to get seven catches from Zeke as well. I'm going to throw mm. it to him a lot. Nice. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think Dak is going to have a good game. I'll go with. I'll go with Dak. Uh, I'll flip it on you though. Okay, give me the guy that if he got. <laughs> this is so bad to even say. If they had a season in, season-ending injury week one, they'd be the most which, screwed. Which, yeah, Dak. which one would? would no, screw actually, them up? they nope. have a good, a decent backup now. It's, it's not Dak. Oh. It's not Dak. Oh man, it's Tyron, Tyron, Tyron. Smith. Tyron. If they lose Tyron Smith, they're done. They're done. For, you agree. think they're done like, for no, the I'm year? Not saying, if they I'm, lose not, Tyron I'm Smith. not saying they're. I'm not saying that they're done. As in, like, oh, they're gonna go zero and sixteen. I'm saying they're done on what their goals are, and their goals are is is to win a Super Bowl. And not that I'm sitting here saying that. Okay, I think Andy Dalton is going to step in and lead them to a Super Bowl. But at least we've seen like Nick Foles recently come in and like on a good team and like lead it. Whatever. I know it's not likely, but whatever. But I just really feel like if Tyron Smith they lost him for the season, I I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl. Wow. That's a hot take. I yeah. think for sure they're going to lose him at some point this year for a certain amount of games. I mean, yeah, but I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about for the whole season. Like, yeah, see, yeah, they, yeah, they've I lost mean, him for like three games each of the last four seasons. But I'm saying he's always been there for the playoffs and and ready to go there. But if they lose him and he's out for the entire, if season, the entire season way. hinges on Tyron Smith being healthy, then ooh, well, <laughs> I might be a lot more pessimistic than I talked hey, about. Hey, it may. Through. Ooh, it okay. may. Yeah. I think Johnny's onto something here. I think, yeah. yeah, I think they need to start investing um, in the left tackle in the draft maybe next year. Well, uh, it's not, it's not easy to do. Yeah. You know how hard it is to find Tyron Smith. Yeah, you know, you know I know. You got to find. You got to spend a top ten pick on a guy like that. You know. Yeah, and, then, I mean, and there you're talking about a generational player. Yeah, right. He he was he was all decade in 2010 in the in the 2010s. He's going to be most likely as long as it keeps it together for another couple of years, he'll probably be in the Hall of Fame in the Ring of Honor. I mean, it's so hard to find a guy like that. So, yeah, they would love to get another Tyron Smith. If they were in a position to draft another Tyron Smith, they would have drafted it even with him on the team. But, it's I mean, you got to be drafting top 10, maybe even top 5 to get another guy like that. Yep. We'll see on well, Sunday. let's hope that doesn't happen. Right. All right. Of the offensive line in the Halcyon days, how many of those guys go into the Ring of Honor? Uh, Frederick Martin. Um, I don't know about Frederick. I don't think he played long enough. He didn't play long enough. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think yeah. Yeah, but look, but but look what uh, Zach. But look what happened when Frederick was out. Yeah, everything came back and was like an all pro. I mean, he's got a great story. He was the best. Everything fell apart then. Almost the entirety of his of his career. Um, Great on and off the field. Um, I can see Frederick making definitely Martin and Tyron. Um, yeah, Martin and Tyron are, are uh, shoe most likely. He made the comments about getting in the Hall of Fame being a big time requirement, and Travis Frederick's not going to get into the Hall. Not of Not the Hall of Fame. He was on pace no. for that. Yeah, he was on pace for that. But you know, Jerry's made those comments about getting into the Ring of Honor need to be a Hall of Fame resume, and you can't say that just because he didn't play long enough. He was on pace for that because he was perfectly healthy through his first five years until uh, you know the that disease got him. Yeah, but. Uh, all right, so we'll be back on Monday. Cowboys, Rams uh, recap, uh, and all the hot takes that you would expect from uh, about them Cowboys. Uh, Sunday night uh, when the Cowboys and Rams play, and we'll record that thing and, and get it out there on Monday for you uh, if you should covet that. 
Also, make sure that you're checking out the Square One podcast with Mike Reiner. It's going to have John Michaud on in the future. Yes. How about that? Thank you, KP. So make sure you check that out. And also go to theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. If you're a first-time subscriber, you'll get 40% off. Stars are in the playoffs. The Rangers are doing something, but reading Levi Weaver is a requirement. You should add that to your everyday routine in this life. Uh, Mav's doing stuff as well as uh, the offseason gets going. Check out what Tim Cato's got cooking over on The Athletic as well. For our producer, Kit Garrison. For the old gray wolf, Mike Reiner. For father, John Mishota. I'm Kevin KT Turner, and we'll uh, talk to you on Monday after the Cowboys and Rams game. All right, it's been another episode of About Them Cowboys.